Uh, if you could stand, please, if you have a Bible with you on your iPhone, on your iPad, or a paper Bible, open to Philippians chapter 3. Philippians chapter 3. And of course, like I said, today is a special day. And uh, about this time, usually I already have my message almost finished. Philippians chapter 3, right there in the, in the New Testament, is right after Ephesians. <laughs> okay. <laughs> or before Colossians. Okay. Philippians chapter 3. And let's, look at, let's look at verse uh, 13. Philippians 3.13. And it says, Brethren, I count not myself, myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before. I press towards the mark of the price of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Shall we pray? Heavenly Father, thank you, Lord, for your love, for your mercy, for your goodness. Thank you, Lord, for what you have done here for seven years. And, Lord, we're looking for many, many more years. Lord, how many people that been, been through this place, some, Lord, just came casually. Uh, Lord, some others graduated to heaven. Others, Lord, been here for a time. And they were a blessing to us. But they move on to other places, Lord. But what a blessing to be here this morning, be part of this celebration. And to God be the glory. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. You may be seated. So, Church Anniversary Sunday. Today is a special service we have. Well, we usually don't have a service that long, but uh, don't think like, I'm not going to that church anymore because I was there for two hours. <laughs> All right? You know, the other day, I went to a restaurant. I'm not kidding you. I was there for three and a half hours before I left, and I told the, the person that was serving us, I said, listen, you might as well just stay here for supper. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, lunch, I came, we had our appetizer, and lunch didn't come. Bring supper, too. And she, she laughed. She said, we're so busy. I said, yeah, but I've been here for three hours. <laughs> By the time we left, it was three and a half hours in there. But anyway, okay, so a man was reading his newspaper early in the morning, one morning, at his breakfast table. His wife came over him. This was not me, okay? <laughs> All right, I just let you that. This was not me. Uh, came to him and uh, gave him a hug, a smile, and said, I bet you don't know what day is, do you? What day is today? And he goes, you know that smile when you smile at your wife and you have no clue? Okay. He looked at her and said, of course I know what day it is. What's the matter with you? And, uh, and he went back to read his newspaper, and he's reading his newspaper. He said, I have no clue what day is today. So he thought to himself, it is her birthday. Well, that must, that must be it. So, he after, he, so after he got to work, he called the florist and had a, a bouquet of white roses sent to his wife. Then as the day went on, he began to worry. He shouldn't have a worry. But anyway, that flowers may not be enough for such an important day. So maybe it's our anniversary. So he went out to, to, to the jewelry store and bought this beautiful necklace and have uh, the, the necklace delivered to the house. As he started home from work, he decided that maybe he should also stop and buy an expensive box of chocolates to bring to her just in case. So he pulls into the driveway, and his wife runs out to greet him. And he gets out of the car. Uh, he presents her with a box of chocolates, and she throws her arms around him and says, again, this is not me, okay? Okay. Oh, honey, this is the best, you ready? Groundhog Day I ever had. Well, do you know what day is today? 
Today is anniversary Sunday for East Bay Baptist Church. I hope all of you know that. As I come to church, we're in the world is a celebration. All right? So I know you came prepared. I know you came to celebrate the Lord's goodness in our church. I thought that that little story will go right with the celebration, so get you going a little bit. So how should we celebrate this special day here at East Bay Baptist Church? You know, for us to celebrate such an event, such a mark in the life of, of our church people, it's got to be something we got to do. Of course, in anniversaries, there's always things that we do. Birthdays is things that we do. You know, they, we try to be a blessing to someone. We try you not know, to, 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 so that they can celebrate. I just learned in this church that when is your birthday, it's not just that day. It's a, it's a birthday week. I was like, so, you know, like, like, I actually like the idea. <laughs> it's not a, just a day, it's a birthday. It's every day, happy birthday. Happy birthday. Like, oh, goodness. Anyway, so, so how we do this, how we celebrate, how we celebrate an anniversary, how we celebrate a birthday. You know, we celebrate birthday, we celebrate people's lives or person's life. We celebrate the life of that person. We celebrate an anniversary, it's a landmark thing. So how we do this? Number one, if you have an outline, a time of praise. A celebration is a time of praise. An anniversary is a time of praise, no matter what anniversary is. Look at actually Psalm 59, 57, verse 9. It says, I will praise thee, O Lord, among the people. I will sing unto thee among the nations. For thy mercy is great unto the heavens, and thy truth unto the clouds. Be thou exalted, O God, above the heavens. Let thy glory be above all the earth. I will praise the name of God with a song. I will magnify him with thanksgiving. You see, uh, 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 anniversary Sunday is a time of celebration. Because you know what? Ultimately, don't look at me because it's not about me. It's about Him. We're here for the audience of one. And the music, if you heard the music, is all about God's glory. To God be the glory, not to us. Listen, a church that should never be about the pastor and the deacons and the ones that are in, uh, 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 holding the thing together. No, no. It's about God. It's about Him. Because if we don't do about God, then we're wrong. Okay? It's not about the, the leadership of the church because, you know, the, the Lord puts people in leadership, in leadership, of course. But it's about Him. So we praise His name for what He has done. It's like this, uh, the most awesome thing that, can, that we can lift our voices. I tell you what, I praise the Lord for our voices. Some people can't talk. That's when we, are, we have sign language. It's a language in itself. Uh, you know what? But uh, praise the Lord for our voices, that He gives a voice, that we can elevate our voice and give thanks to Him for what He had done. He is a great God, and it's by Him that we are what we are. No, don't come to me talking about evolution, because I do not believe that. You know, we have a great God, a powerful God, which spoke the world into existence. And there we are, and the reason why you're here today is because of His grace and His power. So to God be the glory is a time of praise. Letter A, or number one, we praise Him for His faithfulness to us. Psalm 89, 5 says, In the heavens shall praise thy wonders, O Lord, thy faithfulness also in the congregation of the saints. So looking at what the Lord has done in this place through this, uh, these years, I can honestly say that our God has been faithful to us. We always pay our bills. God always provided. You know, we've always been grateful to the Lord. From the first day we started until today, God's been good. And you know what? We have to be visionaries because I don't want to stop here. I want one day we have our own building. I want one day have a, buy a bigger place so we can accommodate more people for God's glory. 
And that's what we need to do. We praise him for his faithfulness. Let me tell you this. God is faithful. If you, if you are obedient to him, you will see the faithfulness of God. And I tell you what. We do it here. Not a bit. We praise him for guiding us through this journey. Seven years seem like nothing compared to 30, 40, 50 years of ministry like some people have. But the truth is that seven years is seven years. And, uh, and many things happen during those seven years. I can actually say thousands of people have passed through this place. From the outreaches we have to, to the food pantry to all the things we've been through. I'll tell you what, we've been a blessing to so many people. You know, we reach to so many people. You know, we praise Him for His guidance. You know what? Because we need Him. You know, like if we just rely on our own minds, we do things that are very unbiblical. So to Him be the glory because we try to follow what He says. You know what? And He caps, uh, uh, kept, uh, keeps on blessing us. We, but you know what? We need Him for our journey. Individually, you need Him to guide you through life. You know, don't rely on your friends. Don't rely on so-and-so. Rely on God. Because that's, that's the right path to follow. Okay? Sometimes we give more, more ears to the guy next door or the guy at work or the lady at work than we give to God Almighty. Listen, folks, if you stick with this Bible, not this because this one is mine, yours, you know, it's the same words. <laughs> you know what? You are going the right way. Because God is not in the business of deceiving people. He's in the business of blessing people. You know, people think, oh, church, and I'll tell you what, God is in the business of blessing people and, and make you a blessing to someone else. You see, we live in a society that is about me, myself, and I. And God says in His Word, it's not about you, it's about others. Wow. Okay, we praise Him for guiding us through this journey. You know, uh, that's point number one. Point number two, uh, um, in a celebration like this, in a anniversary day what we do we take a time of praise we praise our God for what he has done not us we don't praise ourselves we praise him number two is a time of evaluation Philippians 3 13 look what it says brother I come not myself to have apprehended but this one thing I do forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth for those things which are before I tell you what it is healthy for all of us individually sometimes to sit down and make an evaluation of our lives they say, where in the world am I heading to? I'm heading to the pit of destruction. I'm heading to the God's grace. Where in, the, where in the world am I going? Sometimes we need to stop. You know, that's why we have red lights. You know, when you drive your car, what does a red light mean? Let me move faster so my, somebody else don't, 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 don't come across the other way. No, no, no. I have a friend of mine that said, you know, yellow lights is so you can move faster. You know, no, he said yellow light's a caution light. You prepare to stop. You know what? Sometimes we need to have a red light in our mind. Stop. Time to evaluate. Where am I going? What am I doing? Am I doing the right thing? Am I living the right way? You know what? A, a church needs to do that too. Anniversary Sunday in the in life of a church, we need to stop and evaluate. So anniversary is our time for, cele uh, for celebration. Uh, you folks know that uh, there are all kinds of anniversaries in this world, all kinds of anniversaries, work uh, years of anniversary, marriage anniversaries, church anniversaries, birthdays, you know, all kinds of things. So one thing common about anniversaries is that they always come with a great celebration. So today we are celebrating East Bay Baptist Church. We're celebrating God's goodness and God's faithfulness. To Him be the glory. So, but also anniversaries are time for evaluation. People of some, or some people have the tendency to look 
back in their years and evaluate the good and the bad of the anniversaries. But as, as the Lord looks at the, at the church, we hope that the Lord would say, as a church, uh, 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 for the seven years, I, I hope the Lord would say, well done, you faithful servants. I don't say servants, it's servants. Because many people here in this church do serve. And you know what? Without you, I can't do anything either because I need you. So we cannot help but to look at the wonderful people who have served faithfully down through these years. Some, some of these have gone to be with the Lord, and I miss them. Some of them are here, some move away, move away. But you know what? The memory is still there for the goodness that they have done. We look at the spiritual victory that has been around this altar here. We look at the people that have been saved in this church, baptized, added to the church. We've, been, we've looked at that and we say, wow, it's a time of evaluation. Are you there? One of many things I say about this church is that it's full of loving people who I love very much and, and I love to preach to. You know, it's wonderful when you have people that you can preach to and they listen to you. They don't fall asleep in the, in the pews and say, is it over yet? As we look back, we have to admit that East Bay Baptist Church is still young and tender. Our roots are not deep yet. We still have, uh, so to speak, new kids in the block. And by the way, there's a group out there with the same name. Don't, don't, don't go there. But as we look at all that God has accomplished, we have to recognize that we, like Paul, did not arrive yet. We make an evaluation of where we are, and we give God the glory. But you know what? When we make an evaluation, we have to look at the things that we did, and they're not that good. We need to move them away. Make an evaluation. Same thing. If you sit down by yourself, let's say you go home and you sit in your, in your recliner and you begin to meditate about your life. I said, what I have done the past year. You begin to meditate. And I believe that something's going to come to your mind. And you say, well, this is not good. Well, this is not good. I need to do something. So you, you begin, to, begin to take things out and, and try to replace with good things. Same thing about a church. There are many things in, our, in a church life in which we say, we tried this. We tried this, we tried this, we tried. It didn't work. So what we do? We move them aside to do something else. We try to do things that brings glory to the Lord and be a blessing to people. So Paul could, Paul could have great pride in what he had already been able to accomplish, and he was a great missionary. Instead, he's evaluating himself, and he says, God is not through him yet. And this, when he writes in the book of Philippians, he is in prison. But he's evaluating his life there. I think it's important for us as a church to remember that on this seven-year anniversary that we need to make an evaluation where we are, where we did, and where we're going. So, okay, where are we going as a church? Are we going to continue to be a Bible-believing church? Are we going to continue to follow the Bible as it is? Or are we going to allow the world to come in? And change our ways. You see, it's always that thing in evaluation. You know what? By the grace of God, we will continue on the way we've been. That's what we will do. We will preach the gospel. We will preach for the King James Bible. We will sing the music that you see. You know what? And to God be the glory. That's what we will do. Okay? You see, evaluations are good to have. So, an anniversary is what we do. A time of praise. A time of evaluation. Number three, a time of elimination. Look what it says in one, uh, right in verse 13 of our text. But this one thing I do, he says, forgetting those things which are behind. So notice in verse 13, Paul says, forgetting those things which are behind. How often we look back and see the progress that has been made in, in the world which we live. 
just think about how of the changes that have been taking place in our lifetime. You know, just think about it. And we look back, we say, well, I got some things I got to get rid of it. Let me give you an illustration. Did you know uh, we are told that NASA had less computing, computing, computing power when they landed on the moon than what you have on your, uh, as if you had the cheapest cell phone you can find? You have more power than your hands that these guys had when they landed on the moon. More specifically, the U.S. government's first computer was 8 feet high, 3 feet deep, 80 feet long. It contains 2,000 vacuum tubes, 7,000 uh, resistors, and 10,000 uh, uh, it? It? capacitors, I believe, and approximately 5 million hand soldiers joined there. It, it weights nearly 30 towns. And now, you, this is what you do. <laughs> a little computer, right here, in the palm of your hands. You say, why are you saying this, Pastor? Compared to the turn of the century, cell phone, which only, which only texts or, or MP3 player, some people say that's ancient already. So the phone, the phone is 40 million times smaller, but 100, uh, uh, 13 times more powerful than those things I just described. And now probably any, uh, ever more... Now have one of these computers sitting on the desk somewhere. The world we live in has made changes. They forgot what is behind them. They just learned from it and kept moving forward. No, what we do, we ask Christians, what we do. You don't live in the past. We live today and looking forward to tomorrow. You know, we should not go back and live in the past. You know, there's memories of the past. You can never forget that. But we don't live in the past. Many people, that's what they do. All the good old days, if I can only go there. I don't want to go there. I live today. You know what? And I plan for tomorrow because I don't even know tomorrow, but I plan today in case I make it tomorrow. And we as a church is the same thing. You know what? We learn from what we did in the past. We, we make changes today and we apply and learn from what we, the things that didn't work in the past and we move forward to the future. And if God goes, we go. If God stays, we stay. Okay, so, let me put it this way. Letter A under that title, forgetting your failures. We all have failures, even the church has failures. We make mistakes often, so does the church. There's no perfect church out there, you got this? Let me tell you this way. If you are a church shopper, I'm not saying a church hopper, because there's some church hoppers out there. It's a church shopper, let me put it this way, is no perfect church. Right. You know what a church is? It's a group of people who are sinners saved by the grace of God. Right. And they all make mistakes, you know, and sometimes, you know, you know, praise the Lord, we have to forgive one another. That's where the church should be. But there's no perfect church. You know why? Because we all make mistakes. But the one thing we should do, always keep the word of God as our high authority. You know, we do things under the authority of God's word. Okay? You know, let me put it this way. If somebody don't teach right doctrine, then you don't need to be there. You don't need to be there. No, forgetting our failures. We all have failures. So churches have failures too. So what we do, I think the blessed thing and the most important thing is this, is we learn from our failures. Let me give an example. All right. So you're walking and the... Uh, you said, I'm going to close my eyes and see if I can get out of the church without hitting anything. And you close your eyes. First thing, that's not, that's not a smart thing to do. And second thing, you go and you hit the wall. Bang! Full force. All right. The smart thing to do is this. I'm not going to close my eyes anymore. I'm going to walk with my eyes open. 
Okay? Some people don't do it that way. They close their eyes. Let me try again. And they bang their head against the wall. Let me try again. They bang their head against the wall. You see what I'm saying? It said, see, if we live with our failures all the time, we don't learn. But if we can learn from our failures and say, okay, I'm not going to do this anymore. What can I do now? Isn't that what we say to our kids? We say, you don't want to do this. You don't want to do this. Why? Because most of the time, we parents already been there. So we try to teach them, you know, you don't want to do that because you're going to hurt yourself. Okay, so your little kid goes and try to stick, a, a, let's say, um, uh, a piece of wire in an outlet on the house. And you as a parent go, yeah, go ahead, do it, do it, do it. No, what are you going to do? You run and say, don't do that. Why, why, you know the danger, right? Maybe you did it already. So what do we do? We all fail in many things, but you know what? We praise the Lord. We have a wonderful God, and praise the Lord that we can go to Him, ask forgiveness for what we have done, but we can learn from what we have done and say, this is not constructed. Let me do something else. See, there's always solution for problems. There's always solution for those things. So what we do here? Forget your success. Let it be. Just like failure, we can, you can learn from success, but you can't live in them. Sometimes we try to live in the past and base our security on the past performance. Uh, the good old days we, we are gone. Let them go. What may, uh, what may have worked in the past does not mean they will work in the future. You know, these things that churches did in the past, that were great blessing. They reached so many people. But it doesn't mean it works to the, to the future. It doesn't mean it works to this church or that church. Let me put it this way, okay? If you go to the Philippines today, people again say left and right. Churches are growing like, like, like hotcakes. You say, why we don't do that? Because the land is tender there. The ground is tender there. People are listening to the word of God. People are receiving the word of God. You say, you say okay. There was a time a pastor that says, if you were a pastor, you don't have 200 people. By the first year you started a church, you were a failure. You need to quit. I said to him, so come to New England. Let's see how that works. You know, let's see how that works. You know, a church in New England of 60 people is already a big church. And I'm a pastor, and I'm being honest with you. You know, I've been, I preached over the, like maybe 100 churches or 150 churches. I preached almost every church that I know in New England. I tell you what, I see churches of five people. I see churches of 10 people. I see a church one time where it was a man, uh, the pastor's son, and his wife. He said, is there a church? Yes. You know what? Praise the Lord. You know what? But God is there. But I tell you what. Here's the thing. You know, the, things might work in here. Somebody might give you an example. You say, let's try that in our church. If it doesn't work, don't feel bad. Change or do something else. Because what works for you might not work for me. You follow that? And we have tried that. We have the ideas. So let's do this. doesn't work. Let's do this. doesn't work. Or if you only do like the, old, the, the good old days. It doesn't work. You know one thing, in the Great Depression, nobody here been in the Great Depression. Anybody here been in the Great Depression? No. But in the Great Depression, it started this way. Somebody decided to start a prayer meeting. Two people started a prayer meeting. And before you know, the whole nation was praying. Churches were packed with people throughout this land. People were seeking God because it was so bad in America, economically speaking. People looked for God. You see, we say, why don't we do that today? All right, you come with me tomorrow. Let's do a prayer, uh, you know, a prayer meeting. We have done that in the past. You see, there are times and seasons on which those things fit. So we have to be wise 
how we do this and do that in order for to move forward. And so forgetting success, we love because somebody is successful in one thing doesn't mean where you are and the location you are might work for you. We have to trust the Lord and let the Lord be God in that local church. Okay? So forget your success. Don't misunderstand that point. Number four, a uh, uh, time of determination. Look what it says. I press towards the mark. That's Philippians 3.14. For the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Notice the word press on. is the Greek word there. Uh, Dioko over there. I never used uh, uh, Greek words here, but which means to run swiftly. Also, is the same word for uh, word, uh, used for persecution as well. So, yes, we let go of the mistakes of the past and we learn from them, but it takes commitment, determination to face the future. I'm grateful for what the Lord has done here in the past, but I'm looking with determination to the future. I'm not looking in the future and going, oh, well, if we close, we close. If we go down the ditch, we go down the ditch. That's pessimism. You know what? I'm not a pessimistic person at all. You know what? We got to have determination. Be optimist. Lord, you know what? I'm here to the end. Lord, you know what? I'm here to serve you. Lord, we can do great things for you. You know what? A church is a lighthouse. You see, we're in the world. I'll tell you what. There are folks who will die or pass out of this world and say, I never heard of you, Jesus. I never heard of your house. And the leader is going to say, the lighthouse was right there. You passed through it many times and you ignore it. The church is a beacon of light to the world. You know what? Our society don't care about God anymore. I'll tell you something. There was a time in America on which church was relevant in the lives of people. Amen. The Bible, the church was relevant in the lives of people. Moms and dads and single people, they went to church. Today, TikTok, Facebook, and now all kinds of nonsense. I'm not against those things, believe me. They're more important than God. So a kid grows up. Uh, is born already and he's already have an iPad in this little thing. You can't even see anything. Already have an iPad. I'll tell you what. Why society is changing. You know why? When we have too many toys, we forget God. The children of Israel did that over and over and over. But let me tell you this. It's a time of determination. That, hey, we must trust the Lord with His guidance. Listen, if we're going to move, we're celebrating today the Lord's goodness, but if we're going to move to tomorrow, to next year, and the, AF, the, the, the year after, I tell you what, the Bible got to go with us. That's our authority right here. We're not going to do anything that contradicts the Bible. We will not do it. We're going to do what God calls us to do because we are, listen, folks, we are a Bible-believing church. That's what we do here. We preach the Word of God. We don't hold back. We boldly preach what God says. I don't care what society goes and what society thinks. We preach the Word of God. And I tell you what, the Word of God is never popular in any generation. It's not. People don't want to hear it, especially when they don't want nothing to do with God. They deny it all the time. No, you know what? The Word of God is going to go on. We must trust the Lord with His guidance. I tell you what, and He will guide us. Let it be. We must trust the Lord with His provision. But my God shall supply, that's Ephesians 4, uh, 19, supply all you need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Pastor, you're not worried about if you don't pay your bills? No, I'm not. Is you going to lose sleep at night? Oh, absolutely not. I love my pillow. 
trust God's provision. Oh, but God doesn't send money from heaven. No. He lays in the heart of God's people. And that's what you do. But pastor, why don't you preach about money every Sunday? I don't have to. I don't want to. I will not. You know why? Because God provides. God provides. And you know what? Let me put it this way. When we first started this church, we had a bunch of churches that got behind us, and they said, most of them said, we will support you for one year. Okay, I was grateful for that. They're still supporting us seven years later. I didn't call them. I didn't say anything to them. They continue to support us seven years later. We had COVID. The church was empty. You know who was here? The pianist, myself, and the sound person. We always had our services online. God always provided. God's people was giving even when they were not even here. What a blessing is that See that the Lord provides. I tell you, it takes faith to believe that God provides. We say, well, as long as I have my, my money in the bank, as long as I have my things, you know, I trust God. That's not faith. That's a fake faith. You know what? If my bank is full of money, oh, I'm good. What about if you don't have anything? Is God still good? Of course he is. You know, because I tell you what, I used to preach in the Providence Rescue Mission. I tell you what, there's many people there who were saved Christians. I tell you, they had nothing, not even a place to lay their heads. But you know what? They sing the glories of the Lord. They sing songs. They praise the Lord. And they used to say, to God be the glory. And they were grateful for a meal that was given to them. You see, sometimes we think we have to have this, this, and that in order to, to trust God. And when we trust God, when we cannot trust ourselves, when we don't know what to do. Let us see. We must trust the Lord with the outcome. To the seven years we've been, we've been, uh, been uh, I'm sorry, there have been many faithful servants of the Lord in this place. Some have graduated to heaven. Some have departed other ministries. Some are still serving here. The Lord used them all in a mighty way in, in the past seven years in this local church, with, which we call East Bay Baptist Church. So we, if we do a survey of the past seven years, I must say that the outcome has been good. God has, has been so good to us. What a wonderful thing. I remember when we first came here, you saw the pictures fixing this place. And we needed a bigger place. I think we needed a bigger place now. Uh, but we needed a bigger place. We came here, this place was off. I look at the owner of the building, or the manager of the building, and I said, listen, we have no money to put this, this thing together. I got back to you. He called me the next day and said, well, the owner gives you $10,000 to put the place together, as long as you guys put, put your work into it. Was that a blessing? God provides. We use the $10,000 from them, we put this place together. You know what? What a joy it was to see God's people together working. Our friendships got stronger. You know, I eat all kinds of food. I don't even remember. The ladies would come here with those big pots of food every day. It was a blessing. It was, I mean, it was hard. On Wednesday, I tried to preach. I was like, huh. you know, I was tired. On Sunday. But you know what? We did it for a whole month and a half every day. It was a blessing. I had to chase Brother Valcetti here all the time because he couldn't work. And he tried to work. I said, no, you're the supervisor. You stay out of it. Let's <laughs> say, we must trust the Lord. Let it be with the building of his church. Listen, folks, look what it says in Matthew 16, 18. I say unto thee, thou art Peter, and upon this rock 
I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. So don't misunderstand this verse. Peter is not the rock. Jesus is the rock. And when Jesus was talking here, he's talking about himself, not about Peter. Okay? He says, upon this rock, he's pointing to himself. If you look at the original language right here in the Greek, he's talking about Jesus being the rock, not Peter. And he said, upon this rock, I will build my church. What I'm saying with this, okay? I'm not building the church God is. I'm just a servant of the Lord. I want you to all know that. It's not about, some people say, oh, Tony Barbosa's church. That's not my church. That's our church. We are a church family. That's our church. That's why I like people to do things. You know what? I want you to feel like you belong to. You have in this ministry, that ministry, this, you know what? Because you belong to. Something that I do for my church, we are part of the of a body of believers. You know what? And he's building his church. He's the one who puts the stone upon stone upon stone together, not us. Listen, if I could get people here, hmm, I'll go rent a big car and I'll just drag everybody here. So, Pastor, could you do that? I'm telling you. But that's not, that's not our business. Our business is to tell others about the love of God. That's our business. We're not in the business to convince people. Yeah, I love when people say, don't shove, don't shove uh, 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 um, religion in my throat. No, I don't shove religion on people's throats. I talk about what's in my heart. If I go to work, I praise God at work. If I finish a job, thank you, Lord. That's me. That's who I am. If I eat my food, thank you, Lord. That's me. If the person next to me doesn't like it, all right. Say something else. I mean, you know, I'm not trying to hurt you or put religion on you. That's who I am. I'm a child of God. And I give praises to Him. So what we do here, you know what? We're the servants of the Lord. We tell others about the love of God. You know, we tell, we tell others about the love that we have found for ourselves. You know, where were you before you got saved? In the ways of this world, messing up your life, and all these things. You know what? You found Jesus. You found something good. You say, I love Jesus. You know what? That's that love that's so contagious, so hot in our hearts and minds. That's we want to give to others. Even Jeremiah said, you know what? I wanted to shut my mouth and I could not. It was burning within me. Just paraphrase the passage. See, we must trust the Lord with building his church. He's going to build his church. And I believe that. I tell you what. During those seven years, he, built, he keep building his church. No, we don't have 200 people. Oh, pastor, don't you worry about that? Not a bit. What about if the Lord brings it? Praise the Lord for that. You know what? I will preach with the same intensity to two. I will preach to 20 or to to 1,000. It doesn't matter. You know what? My pastor told me this when I came here. He said to me, listen to me. Sit me down. He said, listen to me. Do never be a discouragement to your people. If you have one, preach it. If you have 2,000, preach it. It's the same, you know, they need to hear the message. You know, it might be the only person needs to hear, preach to them. You know what, I'm trying to be an encouragement to you. You know, seven years is a long time. Even though it seems like, you know, compared to some churches been around for 20, 30, 40 years, of God's blessing, i tell you what. So, Pastor, what are we going to do? We're going to celebrate God's goodness today, and we will continue on until Jesus comes. Or until he takes us to heaven. You know what? We teach the next generation to love Jesus the way we love Him. You follow that? Because they're the ones that they are the pastors of tomorrow and the servants of tomorrow. You know, we teach them the goodness of the Lord. We pass the baton to them, you know, and we keep going until the Lord allows to, all the way home to glory.
Tell you what, heaven is a wonderful place. So, Pastor, how you know that? I've never been there. No, I read that in the Bible. It's a wonderful place. I conclude with this. As we close this celebration, I want you to make, some, to make something clear. We could talk much about uh, what the church has done. I know the Lord appreciates everything we have, that uh, we have done for him those seven years. But I think more than anything, instead of us uh, looking at each other and pat each other in the back and say, you know, uh, I'm glad I'm here. I, I did a lot for the Lord. This is great. You know what? We ch change that attitude around, look up and say, thank you, Lord, for allowing me be healthy enough to serve you. That's what we need to do because to God be the glory. The reason I'm here is because of Him. The reason we know each other is because of Him. The reason I'm serving because I'm healthy enough to serve. You know how many people are in nursing homes right now? You want to be here and they can't. How many people are sick at home? You want to be here but they can't. To God be the glory that I'm healthy enough to come to the house of the Lord and worship Him. So in those seven years, what we do, thank you, Lord, for your blessings. Thank you, Lord, for your goodness. Thank you, Lord, for allowing me to serve you, Lord. Lord, and from this day on, we will continue to serve you, either until you come or until you take me home. To God be the glory. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you, Lord, for your blessings, for your goodness. Thank you, Lord, for the seven years and for using me, Lord. You could use someone else. Uh, but you decided to choose to, to use me, and I praise your name for it. Thank you, Lord, for this dear people, those, Lord, who graduated to heaven, those who are here for a season, and, Lord, those who are with us today. Uh, Lord, they've been so kind people, loving people. It's wonderful to serve together with them. Lord, I just pray, Father, if there's someone here this morning that never truly received Jesus as their personal Savior. Lord, I'm not talking about religion. I'm not talking about joining this church. I'm talking about Jesus. And I pray for them that they all understand they need to make peace with you. Lord, the only way to heaven is through the Lord Jesus Christ. He even said himself, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No, no man cometh to the Father but by me. May we understand, Lord, heaven and salvation is through you. And I pray this morning they will get it. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.